Hello. I'm Nikki Pope. And welcome to the Respect. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was saying welcome to the Respectfully podcast. Uh, well, do you want to do that? Bit? All right, then I'll do that bit. Okay, so let's go again. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Nikki Pope. And I'm Lauren Stone. And today we've got Caroline Sanderson with us from Ego Hair Design. Um, but she's not just a salon owner, Caroline. She is also a very innovative businesswoman with lots of marketing tips um, and specifically well-being, which is a very topical subject at the moment. Oh, so, yeah, I think she's got um, a whole host of awards to her name for all the training. Online training is a big thing, I think. So she lives up a mountain in Inverness or something. So she has to do it all online. Oh, we best catch up with her. Get her on. <laughs> Today we've got Caroline Sanderson joining us for a Respectfully podcast. Uh, Caroline is Caroline, sorry, is the owner of um, Ego Hair Design in Scotland. Um, but she's also a very interesting lady because she's got a lot of marketing and education experience, um, and we're going to hear all about that today as well. Welcome, so Caroline. welcome Caroline. Hey, ladies, it's to be here. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> Not and at I all. Think, I think you're joining us from really quite a long way away. Where are you based? Yes, I'm up in Inverness, up in the Highlands of Scotland. Mm, very <laughs> nice. Way up north. <laughs> you're social is- uh, isolating anyway. <laughs> exactly. Social distancing, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, Caroline, we are really pleased to welcome you and wanted you to come on board and talk to us about your experience as a salon owner, but also I think you deliver training and education in lots of areas of running businesses in the hairdressing industry. I do, yes. I've got a consulting company where I coach salon owners in salon business, but also in mindset as well. So all these things like marketing, mindset, management, uh, I've been coaching that for 10 years now. So yes, I have this other life apart from <laughs> <Yeah>. the salon. <laughs> so, so prior to that, what's your, just give us a little pricey then of your journey as a hairdresser. So have you always been a hairdresser? Uh, yes, I started off as a hairdresser back when I was, uh, well, 16. So yes, but I did leave it for a while. I went to art school. I did my art degree, but came straight back to it again. Uh, and yeah, I was hairdressing for over 20 years and I opened Ego back in 2002. And then by 2009, when the recession hit, I was at rock bottom. I was almost closing the salon doors. Um, I was eight months pregnant when my manager at the time walked out uh, with the stolen client list under her arm and went to rent a chair (laughs) across the road. Um, And we were the two kind of uh, breadwinners at the time in the salon. So I really did not know what I was going to do back then yeah. when that happened I mean it really was that moment that you don't forget when you when you hit rock bottom and being but, pregnant as well must have been yes. so emotional <laughs> you hit the yeah. nail on the head yes yeah. part of my story that I tell is you know there was a moment in the staff room where I completely broke down I don't know yeah. if it was the hormones had a lot to do with it as well yeah probably I don't <laughs> but yeah um but it was then I made a decision and that was was I going to throw in the towel or was going to turn this business around? And I kind of asked myself, Caroline, have you actually done everything that you can to make a success of this business? And I realized, I guess, that I hadn't, whether it was fear of failure or fear of 
success. I don't know what it was, but I hadn't really put myself out there. I hadn't given it my all. I'd done what um, a lot of hairdressers do. I'd opened it because I was a good hairdresser, but I didn't really have any of the the business background. And that was when I made the decision that I was going to give it my best shot. And I just started training like crazy. I was, you know, I had mentors. I was studying all the time, doing online education, reading, uh, blogs wasn't really podcasts at the time it was more like reading blogs things like that and just really started to get into the business side of of the salon so it was through necessity at the time wow. all by having a baby as well uh, yes exactly <laughs> wow. so fun, funnily enough it was when I came back um, when I did go off what had happened is sometimes these things are a blessing aren't they you don't realize it at the yeah. time but what happened was my young team that were there at the time I had had moved away kind of from the renting a chair and I just had two young graduate stylists at the time and although I trained them that well they'd never actually run a column before but I had a month you know mm-hmm. I thought about four weeks I thought right I have to put systems in place here I've got to literally we you know the whole stock system the ordering literally just systemize the salon which I never had in place before so yeah. it was a bit of a blessing really um, I went through every client with them. I put in the notes every client, you know, like, oh, the hairline of this one or how this color takes, etc. And I just did everything that I possibly could in that four week time to give them the best shot of us making mm-hmm. a go of it. And when I returned to the salon, we hadn't lost a penny the guys they, they just rose to the occasion and they looked after the clients really well. And that was when I realized hold on a second do I really need to come back you know these guys are developing they're busy they're loving it they just rose to the occasion me going back and taking all the clients back is that what I really want and that was when I also made the decision that I was only going to go back uh like one day a week on the salon floor and I was going to spend the rest of the time working on the business rather than physically in it it, doing the hair all the Mm -hmm. time so yeah Mm -hmm. And do you find that ex- your experience is replicated with other salon owners that you come across that perhaps until that moment when it really is sink or swim, they haven't perhaps thought about the systems and the setup of the business as a business? Because I think a lot of hairdressers become business owners through the creative side. You know, it seems a natural yeah, progression, yeah. doesn't it? But actually learning to run a business is a whole different skill. A whole different skill. It's a very creative skill as well, actually. The marketing is very creative, but you're right, it is a different skill. And what I would say to that is, as human beings, we get more of what we tolerate. So we kind of, we tolerate a lot of stuff. So until we're we're driven to that stage, as you said, that it's almost like backed into a corner or you get so low that the pain becomes so big, then we move exactly the pain is the driver that that makes us move forward and and even in in the salon business a lot of people sometimes by the time they come to me for help for example they they've gotten so bad it's like whoa you know it's it's really picking something up from scratch they're on they're on the verge of closing their doors they've heard about my story and they're like can you help me i'm on the verge of closing whereas if there was more education there should be more education available out there anyway for small business owners when they start up I mean I remember the education that I had at the time and 
it really wasn't helpful, <laughs> to no. say it politely. It didn't help me in any way whatsoever, you know. The and and do you think that, that also got. sometimes um, it, it makes more sense when it comes from a salon owner or somebody who's in the industry? I think that sometimes the education that is there is delivered perhaps by the brands, for example, or by people who haven't had that experience of hairdressing in particular. And so maybe it doesn't resonate with salon owners so perhaps that's why they don't really take it on board in the same way maybe it's more helpful coming mm. from somebody who's lived it yeah I, I would say so I say I would say there there's a part of that that um like you say it feels a bit more generic uh or it feels when it's you know like you say delivered by a brand or something like that it feels a little bit more generic and it's like you know when the rep comes in it's oh what are they what course yeah. are they selling me now <laughs> um but really it's you know it's, it's it's got to be delivered in that different way and i think somebody who has that life experience um people connect with me because of my story and you know i'm living it every day i'm living it now i've closed my salon doors coronavirus yeah. you know it's yeah. that my doors are closed just like the people that i coach um so, so I, I yeah mean, mental health is obviously a really important topic for you then as well so you're not just helping with them with the business side now you're also helping them with the well-being and the mental health side of it as well is that right yes um i think it wouldn't be fair if i didn't if i just yes. teach them if i just teach them the skill set and not share the mindset along with it it wouldn't be fair to coach what i'm coaching because what i do is i coach people my experience and i, and I coach from what i've learned and how i dealt with it and how i changed and how I, I grew and everything that i've learned in my experience and a huge part of that was mindset it was changing my mindset and you know shifting through my fears all that kind of stuff so that was a big big part of it of wanting the success but being held back by fears and, and that kind of thing so so from the very first day um, I created my first course, course back in 2010 that was just a year after that day that I'd you know almost crumbled I created my first digital course it was a Facebook marketing course for salons um, and, and from the first day when I was coaching I always coached them mindset as well it's grown and developed over the years but even in the very beginning it was like teaching them to have a dream book or a vision board, right. uh, focusing yeah. on the goals, focusing on the solutions and not the problems and things like that. So it's always been a part of what I do. And how easy is it to teach that kind of stuff digit digitally? Because, um, I mean, a lot of, you know, we talk about mindfulness and switching off your phones and spending more time with people, like physically with people, your friends and family and colleagues and everything. How easy is it to deliver that, you know, um, it's always been easy. I think people are finding, now that they're forced into it at the moment, yeah. they're realizing how easy this is to reach out digitally. Um, and it was the it was the only option for me back then. Um, like I say, I'm up in the Highlands of Scotland, and I've got, you know, people I've teach from all over the world really so that's a way that we can kind of connect as you said you don't feel so isolated there could be somebody sitting in a salon over you know I've had people from Africa Australia uh, Europe America that they can be f sharing the pain that you're feeling but they're somewhere mm. out yeah. you know as long as there's an internet c connection we can connect online and, and it was just a logical step for me back then that was sort of 10 years ago and um, creating the group 
is really important, like the support group around the training. So it wasn't just one to one, it was creating a community. That was really, really important um, because everyone gets to know each other and there's like that, that Jedi family feel. And so that was a big part of it. And that's what helped make it work, make it work as well. And I think that can work online if you could create a really strong community. So you referenced the name there. You, you call it the Jedi... Jedi. So where does that come from? Is that literally from the Star Wars or is that what, what appeals to you about that name? What's it saying? It is. I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> so back then when I thought of the name and also just the term Jedi is about, um, you know, yeah, it is. It's like representing being a master at something. And it was always about, although I get called the Salon Jedi, when I created Salon Jedi, it was very much about, we say it's helping you become a master of your salon business. Yeah. You know, you are the one that's becoming the Salon Jedi because a lot of salon owners, they can, they, they feel really lost. And sometimes they feel like they can completely lose control of their salon. Mm. And I know because I was one of them. Yeah. So I know what it feels like. So you share a lot and um, listening to uh, and, and have a little browse around your website and podcast that you've made yourself, you have shared recently some of your other experiences, for example, of managing anxiety. I was listening yes. to you talking about that. How easy do you find it? Does it come naturally to you to just literally share everything or have you had to safeguard a bit of yourself? How do you look after your own well-being in sharing so much? Um, so when I shared that po- that on my podcast not so long ago, it wasn't something that I had really shared much before. Um, whether that was because I didn't feel it was necessary or whether it was because it was like, if I, it was almost like that thing, if you speak about it, it will grow. Yeah. You know, what you put your focus to <laughs> yeah. expands. So whether I'd kind of hidden that down a bit, but it just got to the stage where I just felt like I needed to share it so I'm more that kind of person I'm very honest very authentic you know I will you know no problem share my weaknesses or my strengths or how I got through something I think you've got to get out there and I think it's it helps other people but it helps you as well yeah yeah in the journey because you're working your way through stuff as you're sharing it too Mm-hmm. Um, and you have that connection with people where they're like, you know, when I had so many messages after that, people connecting saying, I would have never have known. I suffer from it too. I never would have guessed that because when I'm walking out on stage in front of, I don't know, 100, 150 people and I'm speaking on stage, I might come across as being really confident, but like, I cannot tell you, it was like my biggest fear of public speaking, my biggest really fear. Uh, so... I my attitude was that I I hate something I shouldn't really use the word hate but I don't like to be restricted by fear so my way of dealing with it was okay I'm just going to do more of it I'm just going to put myself through this just put because I I started to make it not about me if that makes sense so if I'm going to help people and I'm going to share my story with people and help empower them these salon owners that might be where I was it's not about me, it's about them. Right. So I yeah. had to get over that fear and, and, you know, I don't mind sharing my vulnerability. I don't mind sharing that things scare me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, feel like this, I feel like the scary bit, though, once you've actually got through that, that's where the real achievement is found, do you not think? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, you are correct. Because there's something empowering about that when you face the fear and you're like, oh, and even if it doesn't go perfectly well, it never does anyway. No, No. and you've achieved something. You've you've, really pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah, Uh, and what you think is perfect, someone else might think, oh, that wasn't that great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you realise it's it's all perspective anyway. It depends where you see it from. Just being salon owners then, um, you know, if they've got a salon team, how can they help their staff's well-being? kind of on a daily basis um really it's about mindfulness uh which is really awareness so bringing more awareness i've been coaching my team for years on mindfulness but we've really picked it up over the last year or so and seen such amazing results and it's about awareness of you know teaching them that and educating them on fears i think first of all that it's normal um so if they're a bit nervous they've never done especially people when they're starting out and they're starting to do hair or whatever it is that they're doing if it's hair extensions cutting whatever is they might be a little bit nervous is being aware that that's normal being you know helping them through their fears we're very much an encouraging nurturing environment loving environment listening as well really listening and being open to listening to the team but also helping the team help themselves if that makes sense so it's educating why we think a certain way or you know about our limiting beliefs you know there's you know a lot of people say to me there's a lot of limiting beliefs around for example let's use a common one selling retail in a salon and it's like oh they're just not doing it they just won't do it they're just not doing it but why if you can get to the root of why is it fear? Is it a fear-based thing? Is there a limiting belief there? Is there, what is the reason that it's not happening? If you can nurture that from the root, that can help them rather than just pressuring target, 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 if that makes sense. So, and also we kind of put like a, a mindfulness culture in place in the salon where teaching them to breathe, even just that, how to breathe, take a moment, step through the back and just, you know, yeah. take six, take six, six yeah. deep breaths in, six deep breaths out, calm, let's, let's look at this again. Even after that, that breathing of six and looking at it from a solutions way rather than a problem way, shifts them. Yeah. So it's just yeah. little things, little tools like that that you can put in that can help your team on a daily basis. And even now, I guess, it, while we're in isolation at the moment, salon owners are still should be there for their teams at the moment. What can they do kind of even though they're not physically present, what can they do to help? Yes. Um, Again, having groups on Facebook and things like that, I'm sure most people have that now, like have a team group, sharing, like I share like positive videos, positive quotes. They're probably like, oh, here she goes again. (laughs) (laughs) Here she goes again with her positive stuff. But it's just, you know, and having fun, we're doing like team quizzes and things like oh, that. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah. we're getting on Zoom together yeah. um, and just reminding them that you're there for them. So one of the things is I know some salon owners have been asking, can we do team meetings? Can we do this? Well, everything we're doing is really voluntarily. Would you like to all meet for a, a, a team meeting? And everybody, practically everybody shows up. And if someone doesn't, I'm sure they have a good reason. But if you've built such a culture that you have such a strong team anyway, they don't want to break that bond. So they're happy to come on and have fun and do uh, 
like quizzes and just have some fun stuff you could have a wine and cheese night or something you know just having some some fun stuff as well so you're staying connected and of course reaching out to them um if they do need to teach talk to you during that time if they've got any worries or fears and you know sharing your knowledge with them popping in little tips and stuff as well how do you sort of um hold or is it interesting to have boundaries of any kind how do you stop yourself becoming almost the parent if you like because I know talking about um well-being and mindfulness and behavior especially with all the online platforms obviously there is the extreme where we get people who are either behaving in a way online and on social media that perhaps they wouldn't do if they were face to face with somebody either giving that behavior or receiving it but as a sort of team leader or a salon owner or a business owner is there a line that you sort of think okay well that's actually about a personal thing or do you think that actually there is no boundary when you're looking after a team it what we're doing within the salon is actually helping them discover things for themselves so it's even asking the right questions nurturing questions that kind of stuff but not and like you say there is that level of supporting but accountability so it's not that victim mentality i can't do it or that doesn't work for me i can't i'm different it's very much accountability that's one of our core values within the salon as well so yes we will nurture you we will help you grow it's listening asking the right questions but if when you're saying about parenting that is part of parenting as well isn't it you want them to kind of discover things from yourself rather than just yes do that do this no don't do this don't do that it's really like um helping them uncover themselves and just little tiny little challenges uh you know whether it's oh done my first retail or I did my first haircut or my first gents cut whatever it is 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 celebrating yeah those little things that builds them with confidence to go in to the next little baby step if that makes sense so uh yes it's not about taking all that emotion on board it's being supportive listening but helping them discover for themselves I don't know if that's answered your question but that's yeah yeah I think it's right Bringing it back a little bit more to the sort of more broad um, Salon Jedi experience, what are the common things that come up time and again, sort of, you know, I'm sure the challenges are very similar wherever people are in the world, perhaps they express them in different ways. What are the common things that you find are coming through in this sort of modern hairdressing era? Mm. Okay, so business-wise, I tend to it tends to fall into the same categories of issues that they have. And that would be staff. Yeah. So I don't mean necessarily that, oh, bad staff, problem staff, but it can be finding the right staff. You know, it could be that as well. Education for staff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, time as well is, you know, always the issue uh, where they're trying to do everything themselves. They're waiting you know, they're a receptionist, then they're assistant, and the bookkeeper, and they're the cleaner, and they're do, running a column, and they're the manager, and they're the marketer. It's like trying to do all that. You would never expect that of another human being. You yeah. know, you, <laughs> yeah. you would never say to someone, this is your job description. Yet they put it, you know, often we put it upon ourselves as salon entrepreneurs and, and business owners. Also, and I guess it's about letting go. They don't want to kind of 
you know the, there can be a bit it's of about well. trusting people isn't it yeah delegating delegate 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 so there can be a bit of that as well um ourselves we get in our our own way and also of course pricing that mm. big old thing of the pricing are you yeah. pricing for profits the fear around pricing um a lot of these things are very very common that, that pop up that's four main things that almost every problem falls into those categories in some shape or form and is it do you do you find that people um really do have the same challenges wherever they are in the world is it you know we often talk about uk hairdressing as if it's different from the experience in usa for example do you think that there are differences really in the way the markets are run or do you think that actually pretty much the challenges are similar uh, personally, no. I think it's the same across the board. It's the same old limiting beliefs. It's the same old things that's holding the person back. It's the same. It all comes back to us. And it comes back to us and our how we run our salon, the perception of the salon, the fears that we have, not having enough clients, scared to price what we're worth, not having the business education when we, when we start off, thinking that we open the doors and the, the customers will come. And that's what it is, not having systems in place. It's literally just not having the knowledge. Um, sometimes the mindset and the skill set, it's like having to upgrade the mindset and having to upgrade the skill set to get the results that we want. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a, across the board. Yeah. And not just in the salon industry. You know, I've worked with small businesses as well for the last couple of years and... I can tell you it's across the board. Yeah, um, it's not yeah. just us. What do you no. think, what will be the big challenges when this lockdown ends at some point? I mean, that's a shared experience globally, actually, that we're all having. What do you perceive might be the biggest challenges in the next few weeks? Again, I'm bringing it back to mindset and uncertainty there's so much uncertainty right now so if somebody was already a person that needed certainty and they've completely lost that they are living in fear right now you know the fear is real and a lot is going to depend on what people do and what they focus on between now and and when we reopen are they educating themselves are they preparing themselves to build have they worked out their financial plan to get through this? And a lot were struggling before this. Mm -hmm. So if they're not doing something with this time to help them change, whether it's a, a mindset change, an internal change, upgrading their skill sets, if they're not doing anything, nothing's going to change. They're either going to not be reopening the doors again, or when they do, they're going to be busy, 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 because everyone's going to want their hair cut at once. And then all of a sudden, the same old problems are going to crop up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much of the same. Um, so I think a lot of it is, is to do with what you're choosing to do with your time right now, I think is absolutely key yeah. to um, what's going to happen yeah. when you reopen your doors yeah. again. God, let's hope we all learn something from this. Be, yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing yeah. to, to, for it to turn out to be one of those experiences going right back to what you said at the beginning where sometimes out of a real challenge, actually it becomes a turning point that you can then look back on and go, that was really good yeah. in the end. You know, and and good you think of, of the amount of times that people say, especially I hear it in the salon world all the time, because they are so busy still servicing clients, I don't have time. 
I would love to do that course. I don't have time. I'd love to yeah. upgrade this. I just don't have time, which is genuine because they're doing about 20 different jobs. Whereas now, while they're not servicing the clients, they've got all the time in the world to, you know, improve their systems and, you know, the, these creative ideas that have been sitting on for so long. Get them going, get them into action, yeah. get them flourishing. So the, the excuse, I don't have time, doesn't exist right doesn't. now. Yeah, so plenty of time. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for Thanks, your Caroline. time. Oh, it was lovely chatting with you, ladies. <laughs> it was great. So we'll we have um, lots of notes. Which anybody listening, if you scroll down, we'll be putting notes under this, directing you to look at Caroline's websites and some of the resources, and explaining some of the things that we've talked about in more depth. But great. That was a really brilliant little insight into yeah. your into your and, world. And don't yeah. don't forget to rate and review us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Caroline and everybody else listening. And everyone else listening. <laughs> yeah. It helps us go up the chart. So thank you so much. So I've been Nikki Pope. Thank you to Lauren Stone and to Caroline Sanderson. Speak next time. Bye. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much, Caroline. Bye. Bye bye.